It's been a while. It's been a very eventful while. A lot has happened. Um, and probably you're listening to this whilst in some sort of lockdown situation, some sort of um, social paralysis from normal life. I'm back. It's been a while for episode five, I believe. Episode five of House of the G Voices. Myself, Funk Butcher, Kwame, whatever you want to call me. <laughs> and I'm joined for this episode with the very, 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 <laughs> yeah, she started already. Very, very, very special guest, Simo Martinez. Hello. Hi. And it's. There was not that many need for that many berries. I'm still going to say you don't need that many berries. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's um, open for interpretation. But I mean, through the journey of this episode, I think people will be able to kind of form their own opinion of how many berries. How many berries I'm deserving of. Exactly. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. That's, we'll leave it to the listener. Okay. That's I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think a good place to start is this current situation, this current climate. I like to always um, provide some sort of context for when <laughs> I'm talking to people. We're, we're in a lockdown situation. Yeah, we're, we? we're in London. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I believe this is the fourth lockdown we've had. Is it? I've lost count. I yeah. just feel like we're just in this weird madness. Yeah. That's the only way I can we're, describe it. We're in it. limbo. <laughs> yeah. The, the limbo and Boris's limbo. Right. Okay. So how's how's music been in that capacity? How has it been? Oof, music is my honest to God. I don't know what if like if I didn't have music, I I don't know what I would be doing. Genuine, genuine, genuine. It's just been a lifeline. Um, but I don't listen to house music as my kind of chilled go-to sound. I'm a neo soul, um, chilled hip hop kind of girl. So I will nine times out of ten always have a DJ Raphael mix on. Um, in the background or um, a lo-fi and a chill hop sound in the background um, I've always got my headphones in and I've only not got them in because of doing this interview but my, my laptop is playing a Raphael mix right now um, and that's been my saving grace really it's just just zoning out just listening to chilled music and not getting too stressed because it's way too easy to get caught up in When's, when's lockdown going to end? Mm -hmm. Anxiety, all of those things. Um, and and how is the stresses kind of, how are you managing it? Is, is it just the I music? Don't do, I don't know if I can say I'm managing it. You just kind of, you have to survive one way or another, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Music has definitely been like the constant factor and probably the most important factor. Every day I'm listening to music, every single day without fail. Um, but I suppose you f have to find a routine. Mm -hmm. That's what this whole lockdown situation has taught me. You've got to find things to keep yourself sane. Um, and I've tried to do the whole home workouts thing. That didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm much better at home eating than home gym. Um, but yeah, music and listening to music every day has just kind of grounded me. Um, because there have been days when I wake up and just have like a mini panic attack because mm -hmm. I just feel very claustrophobic mm -hmm. with what's going on, which is a really weird concept because mm -hmm. we can still go outside, but it's a different kind of claustrophobia. Um, 
having this lockdown and being trapped it's almost just like you just feel trapped and you can't really yeah muffling but yeah not at all <laughs> i mean this is this is yeah. this is how solitude voices this is hearing the voices that you don't typically get to hear and 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 this really educational insightful for the listeners um so coming into this lockdown yeah uh was it 2020 it was around march i believe we went into lockdown yeah, last year so we're, we're oh coming up to God. a full calendar year very very soon um musically where was you at as you were entering into that lockdown in, in regards to your objectives your goals what was you looking at um i think music wise i was doing all right i was releasing mixes regularly um i was getting booked the bookings had kind of quietened down and i was going through that lull which i think every dj goes through where you don't get booked and you don't know why and you still put mixes out and you still putting content out but you're just being overlooked for whatever reason and i think every dj that i spoke to was saying that they've been through a very similar thing where it's just a quiet patch but keep doing what you're doing people are still watching um and all that stuff and so i carried on um i took a bit of a break from it because if the sound isn't right i can't go and just start mixing things like if i can't find music that i actually like or it it gives me a vibe i can't i just i'm not engaged to want to to want to do a mix or anything and i think the music has been quite samey okay like afrotech it's a great genre but a lot of it sounds the same and it's very difficult to be engaged and to do something different i like to experiment and it's hard to do that when everything sounds the same i must admit so <laughs> i had a a house of the gym friends event at um windrush bar which yeah. is located in, in in stoke newton and i was having a a chat with your mate angie <laughs> yeah while she was doing your set and she actually <laughs> broke down the kind of sonic definitions between afrotech and afro house and yeah and i think a lot of people actually don't know that there's these subgenres yeah subgenres mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah so um sorry to put you on the spot what so who is who is afrotech compared to afro house and um well do you know a lot of the afro house djs that I, the producers that i like have gone on to produce afrotech which is normal because that's what happens as a producer your sound kind of evolves and goes with where like what's working mm -hmm. um but i'd say afrotech has a lot of it's hard to explain it. It's more a lot of a lot more electronic type mm, sounds. Okay. Um and I think you know what, I think there'd be a really good Afrotech and tech house fusion. It's mm. a it's got a tech house kind of vibe. Um but it's also got like if you can find a, a perfect I'm trying to think of one track that I like. There's a producer called Raoul Bryan. Is it Afro House kind of catering to a European market base. Oh, interesting question. I don't want to answer that because they'll come for me. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're trying to appeal. I okay. think it's it works as a genre. Mm -hmm. It just sounds very samey mm -hmm. at this point. Um, but I think it's probably trying to be more diverse. Um, but that said, like Afro House in itself, I think is an incredibly diverse genre. Like mm -hmm. the people you would look at and think, oh, you would never like that kind of music, love it. So I think the tech side is just kind of maybe the natural progression of where where Afro House was gonna go next. Okay. So let me get an understanding of this. So you've got 
Afro House, Afro Tech, and then obviously you got I'm a Piano as well. See, I would, they're completely separate genres. And they're all separate? Yeah. Okay. No, I would say, I would say Afro Tech, I would put it as a subgenre of Afro House. Mm-hmm. I'm a Piano is a genre all on its own. Yeah. It's more of a, oh, it's hard to, I don't want to call it a vibe, but it's like a diff, it's like a lifestyle. It's, okay. Yeah, the way we hear I'm a piano here, so we play it, where I've heard it, it's played at like 123 plus. Mm-hmm. When SA, it's like 115. Okay. It's a very chilled, it's just, it is a vibe. I mean, I've loved I'm a piano from a long time, but um, I mean, Ade Smiles is just smashing it right now mm-hmm. um, with the I'm a piano um, from like a London bass. Um, and yeah, just the, the bass line in them tracks is just oh my god it's just filthy like but it's a genre all on its own okay all on its own so we're gonna get into a little bit about your scene and the kind of the world that you operate in within the the wider house universe the house universe is like for anyone that's listening it's like the marvel universe (laughs) there's all different characters (laughs) and 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 if and if you're lucky, you might find there's some villains in there as well. As but it's a whole different universe of of different sounds and and aspects and and so on and so forth. But within this this Marvel universe of house, as it were, yeah, there's an Afro side yeah. of house, and that predominantly has kind of been championed from South Africa, yeah, in, uh, as from uh, as in regards to Africa as a, con- a continent. Mm-hmm. South Africa has been leading the charge in regards to afro house yeah now within south africa they've got all different aspects of um like i said electronic dance music Mm. afro house Mm. um afro tech Mm. i'm a piano Mm. gom Mm. and which one do you feel is having the most popularity here in i guess the london house scene or even the uk house in it the london house scene is different it's just a different world isn't it it mm. evolves um and what i find here is it's very different i mean i say find here like i've dj'd anywhere else or like i'm a native from anywhere else but what i find is that i joined i started djing my i fell in love with like afro soul like soulful vocals like and predominantly from south africa a lot of south african vocalists and i fell in love with that kind of house music and that was the kind of music that I initially bought and the initial music that the music that I initially used to mix with and whatever. So when I actually started DJing out, my first gig was at Magic. Um, I was at Proud, it, Proud in Camden. It was okay. called Magic, the event. And it was like a student night. And I knew that, that mu- the music that I loved and the music that I wanted to play, I couldn't play it. So I had to play like Deep House and Tech House. Mm-hmm which is very uncomfortable for me because it's not my genre. So like in terms of being able to do the skills I would usually do if I'm mixing the genre I'm comfortable with, I wasn't really able to. And I find that with most of the bookings that I've had, I've had to adapt what I would usually play to fit in, to cater to the crowd. Okay. Versus this is what I offer and this is what I will be playing. Mm-hmm. And I hope that you have a crowd that likes that kind of music. So I find that the the DJ scene here is very similar. So you'll see DJs playing things that you like, you wouldn't, that's not their signature sound. You don't usually play that, but you're playing it because that's what's the in thing right now. Um, And 
you find small you find like small cohorts of people who genuinely love the sound so you've got like a, an afro house community who love south african house and it's like hoping to get picked for those events because you know that you can play the music that you love and you're playing it to people who love that music but you also have a much wider wider audience who almost like the idea of house okay but don't really like they haven't made up their mind yet uh, it's not even they haven't made up their mind it's just kind of like if you don't if i don't play oh, i don't know higher kaya for mm-hmm. example yeah am i even a house dj it's that kind of thing. It's like okay. that music. Yeah, it's it's timeless music. It is, but it's almost like there's a fear of experimenting beyond the comfortable and the known amongst those crowds mm-hmm. because it may not be received and therefore would I get booked again kind of thing. So it's 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 a very weird, weird scene. Very mm-hmm. weird. So, I mean... I never like to position myself as someone who is a know-it-all, has <laughs> an kind of an all-encompassing understanding of even house as a genre because it's it's such a huge, huge, huge yeah. sound. Yeah. And it's broken down into oh even smaller bits, smaller bits which are <laughs> yeah. in themselves quite big. But yeah. when you look at the Afro house see let's let's call it afro house c which kind of encompasses all those things that we were talking about yeah how close are we here to what they're playing actually in south africa are we are we i need li- to go i'd need to go south africa because mm-hmm. i don't know that's the thing i really i wouldn't know and the afro house music i like you have to dig so hard to find afro how like raw afro house music um because like i said a lot of it's now kind of touching on this afro tech um and it's still out there and when i find some tracks i'm like oh my gosh this is an absolute belter um i don't think i think i think we're far away in the sense that even if it was popping in south africa it not it wouldn't necessarily be popping here because people are too scared to not too scared but why step outside my comfort zone? Do you know what I mean? If that massive group of ravers prefers old school and UK funky or, you know, them tracks, then why am I going to now start trying to play something different and potentially lose that following? Um, because that I think that's the goal, isn't it, for a lot of these events, is to build that following and build that movement and that following and movement gets used to a particular type of sound mm-hmm. and then branching outside of that is a is a risk and yeah. it's almost like is it worth taking that risk mm-hmm. so i think we're far away from it in that respect like even if the music was more readily available would people be playing it would you say there's a risk i mean what what are the consequences of taking a risk as a dj i mean you would have to i mean i personally don't care <laughs> i'll take the risk <laughs> i'll take the risk if i think a track sounds good then i'm gonna play it and i think the best set that is probably the most accurate reflection of me as a dj um was the set that i played at till two where i was able to i started that set with a couple of vocal tracks that i've had for years that i absolutely love um but i would never ever play anywhere and having the option at till two just don't know it's because it's just a vibe it's different that like the ravers there don't they don't come expecting a certain thing they mm-hmm. come for the vibe mm-hmm. and as long as the music is good 
it's a good night. So I didn't, I felt like, oh, I can play this. I, I wouldn't play that. I'm going to play this one. I'm going to play this one. And so I was able to drop in tracks that I think, yeah, I love that. I'm going to play it. Don't care if you don't dance to it. I'm dancing to it. But because it's totally everyone was dancing. So it's that good vibe. Um, and also the gigs that I had at the Ace Hotel um, in their lobby, because no one's looking at me and everyone's there just catching up with friends, having a drink. I'm able to play whatever I want, whatever I enjoy. Um, and even then some people are like, oh, what, what, what is this music? And that's when you're able to start to educate them. So yeah, it's, um, it's a weird one. So, I mean, uh, just for people who are listening from across the pond and beginning to identify there's a little bit of difference in our accents. <laughs> <laughs> Simone, you're obviously not from London. No. And is there a kind of synergy between what's happening in London here and where you're from, which is? Which is, go on, you say it. You need to get this right because you got it wrong the first time. No, don't look at me like... Can I get it wrong? Obviously, I'm not going to get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester. There we go. That's fine. If you were going to say Birmingham, that was it. Lock, lock off the, the interview we're done. <laughs> <laughs> so, Manchester. Mm-hmm. It's house scene. Where is that in in comparison? Does it have one? Good question. I think I think we're trying to build one. I think mm-hmm. there is like there are good good DJs out of Manchester, house DJs, mm-hmm. um, who are trying to do their own events. Um, but I'd say that they look to to London and the the events here um, because whilst London's scene is is a bit different from like the rest of the world, it does offer like that diversity within like the different subgenres. Um, you know, a DJ Khaled LeBron is from Manchester, mm-hmm. really good DJ and producer. Um, and he's been on Audio Hall quite a few times. Um, Continental, obviously. Um, they're the two I know of, uh, f- like from a house perspective. And I think there's still work to be done, to be honest. Um, but Manchester is a lot smaller, a lot smaller. So. Um, and obviously as a disclaimer for anyone who's probably listening from the Manchester reason and they're, and they're like what do you mean of course you've got a scene we're, we're, we're alluding to the underground house scenes in these parts which don't get as much amplification but a lot of a lot of movement and a lot of culture seems to be taken from those spaces and not and not a lot of PR and light get shown back to the that is true you know what you're right i didn't even mention as well like there is um a pretty big angolan following in manchester okay and they they show afro sets oh my gosh like they're just but they have um music called kuduro which originates from angola and that's almost like sped up house music almost it's fast but it's it's a vibe it's it's like yeah, it's a it is a proper vibe, Kudoro. And so, um there is a good Angolan following there, um, and a South African following, um, as well. But it's not really again, it's quite niche. You have to know the people in that scene okay. to know what's going on there. So yeah. um yeah, there's still work to be done from a, a northern perspective. So talking of work to be done, <laughs> um, I mean, it's it hasn't. Um, I haven't missed the obvious that there 
doesn't seem to be an equal footing for black women in <laughs> house music. And, yeah, you, you give a very uh, diplomatic laugh there. and <laughs> I do. It's difficult. These things, you've just got to be very careful. It's, it's you have to police yourself, don't you? Because you don't want to say something and pigeonhole yourself. And that upsets me, the fact that you have to, you feel like you have to pigeon yourself still in, in a space where, well, essentially where we are at the that intersection of underground music as it crosses into more mainstream spaces and ears mm. and yeah. from from our world we're playing what we want we really should be able to say what we want also so it's yeah it's quite upsetting that if there are things wrong aspects about the way mm. um the, the 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 pathways for black women yeah djs black women producers mm. in house music yeah um yeah there does seem to be a, a, a lot of work that still needs to be done there yeah i mean it's but it's similar to everything isn't it like just in normal life um just regular nine to five employment well you know the corporate world it's the the misrepresentation at you know at all levels of seniority is is very very visible um and people are, are a genuine struggle to try and resolve that and don't really know how how do we fix that problem um and i find that in those spaces they always look to a black person to give the answer um and that can be quite exhausting in itself do you know what i mean um i do feel like it's a difficult one as a as a black woman in general you always kind of have to you, I don't want to say have your guard up, but you almost always have to because no one else is looking out for you. Do you know what I mean? You don't have that that protection almost, and so you know, I I just I I just try and be me. I just try and be me, and I just I hope that that is enough. Um, and a lot of the time it's not. And I think when you look around and you see, you know festivals big big music festivals and house festivals in particular and and the lineup it's not it's where where are we where are we and it's not because we can't dj it's not that we're not good at djing it's not like we can't select tunes not we can get it's no it's not we've not got a crowd we've got we've not got a following why are we not getting into those spaces what is the reason and i don't feel like it's up to us to answer that question um there is a reason why people aren't booking us for those events and if the un- if the reason is on <laughs> an underlying unconscious bias, then say it with your whole chest. Do you know what I mean? I'd just I'd rather it be that. Um, I'm tired of there being a brown person on a, a you know a mainstream lineup um, and the word urban just appearing. Like, what does urban even mean? What? Why? Who is urban? I've wrestled with that. For, who for is this? Yeah, <laughs> Someone tell me. I need to know. Yeah. Um, and. The, the negative connotations that come with that word that are automatically assigned to you um, and that become, almost become part of who you are as a DJ. And so without having done anything wrong, you're already sort of pigeonholed and people don't want to, to include you. And then it's just, it, I don't know, is it easier to just to just... I just I find it it's just if you if you don't want black people on your lineups just say mm. it's a lot easier for us to say because then it's out there and then we know um but it's a double-edged sword because do we really have the same access to the people 
and the places to facilitate our own events, you know, of the same magnitude, um, with the same endorsements from mainstream publications, mainstream um, labels, etc. No, we were cut off with with that access as well. So yeah. it's almost like we're stuck in a position. It's we're just stagnant. And I'd, 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 for me, it's just we're at a point now where, with everything that happened last year um, with the George Floyd murder, and it almost felt like that was an awakening for a lot of people who, mm. you know, everyone was all of a sudden, oh, well, I want to learn about, you know, my unconscious bias and all of that. It's, it's challenging those things because I feel like, yeah, that all happened, and everyone all of a sudden wanted to learn about the, you know, am I really racist? Like, well, it's, yeah, it's challenging these things. When you put in these lineups together, we're in a pandemic right now, we can't have any events. Equality and diversity is top of the agenda. So for me, you're planning events. This is your opportunity. There's a whole sea of people out there. You know, you only need to go into Instagram and type in DJ in the search bar. You're gonna find someone. And then it's a case of, of finding that diversity and promoting it. Because otherwise you just just chatting hot air, really. This is a conversation that I've been having, obviously, you know, with the, the, the Blackout Mix Mag edition that I had last year. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Thank you. <laughs> um, and there's been glaring issues with diversity, um, representation, but also infrastructure from, mm. from, as, from black spaces, which doesn't really enable us to have the capacity to yep. build our own inroads and yep. and so on and so forth. Um, how damaging do you think it is that a lot of these larger brands and labels are so heavily invested on the the economic return of investment rather than the, the I guess the cultural return of investment by putting black women um, more uh, representation from LGBTQ communities and so mm. on and so forth and mm. putting them actually onto lineups and it's, and it's quite weird given that the publication that I did last year it actually shows that mm. the music that we all dance to and love it actually comes from those spaces anyway yeah um, do you think just there needs to be more risk taken in those areas well I mean it's, I get it, money makes the world go around, right? And it, fundamentally at the, at the crux of all of this, it is business and it's about making that money. But, you know, promoting these voices doesn't have to be, you don't have to put me as a headliner on your festival, but you have publications that go out regularly and there's no reason why promoting diversity whether that be from an ethnic point of view, a gender point of view, um, a sexuality point of view, there's no reason why that that can't be, you know, that can't be shared and and disseminated and people, you know, get to, and you, music travels, right? So, you know, if I do a banging mix and for example, that gets resonant advisor mix a day, like the reach on that in itself is insane. Shout out to Teaser for getting resonant advisor mix of the day recently. Um, but the reach on that is insane. Um, and just something as simple as that is a step in the right direction because people would then want to know, well, who's, who's for example, using Teaser as an example, who's, who's this DJ, Teaser? 
go to SoundCloud. Oh, here a few mix. Actually, I like that vibe. Right, it might not be great for this event that I'm doing, but a smaller event, actually your sound might work. Let me just get him in, see how he does, and then go from there. So it's you've got to start somewhere. And these there is a duty to spread the music, right? That's what fundamentally what we should be doing is music should be traveling and these gatekeepers should be allowing that to happen. And I feel like at the moment it's it's not happening enough. That G word, gatekeepers. Look at me causing problems. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it, it's it's quite a um it's quite a difficult concept to wrestle with that there are a group of individuals and they're in the minority and they literally control what you hear and what gets played and so on and so forth from a radio yeah. capacity, from a um, a gig capacity yeah. and um, trying to kind of dismantle that idea that that power is concentrated in these places is, mm. is part of the, the issue. I mean, um, from a scene perspective, mm. you've got you've got cohorts in your in your scene that I know of that are doing amazing things are there who who would you say that I should be looking out for or who anyone else is looking out for to kind of open the like they would obviously listen to your mix and then where would that lead them on to who else is out there that you feel is uh, representative of things moving forward in well in I mean I would say you're my biggest you my biggest like supporter in that respect yeah of course man like when you called me and asked me to do Mix Mag, I was shocked. Like, I was genuinely shocked. I just did, like, how was I even on your radar? But, you know, after we spoke and you were like, you know, you think I'm really good at what I'm doing and you you like the way that I naturally will suggest other people to be involved in things. Um, and you didn't care, like, how I would be received or how anyone in that article would be received. You put it out there with your whole chest and that that takes balls in this because what I'm learning is it's very political like it's almost too political it takes away from the actual what what why am I actually DJing what do I want to do and where do I want to go with it um but you put it out there with your whole chest and naturally it came back and people had opinions and people are always going to have opinions and something to say but again I think this comes back to the fact that because there isn't that visibility and that that abundance of diversity within music in these major publications when something like blackout comes out someone like everyone's scrambling to get a piece of the pie because we don't know when it's going to happen again and it shouldn't be that it shouldn't be that but that's what it's like anytime someone does something where it's a major publication looking at us or something like that the feedback is always very much well why wasn't this person in it or why did why wasn't this person mentioned and it's because we you feel like we're never going to get this opportunity again mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that shouldn't be the case. So I think in terms of people pushing pushing people forward, I would say you definitely. Um, I know that Seth Combo also pushes where he can. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that he's done a couple of mixed mag features with Kitty, uh, Kitty Amore and he's also um, helped with Teaser and the resident advisor mix of the day, mm-hmm. which, you know, He's using his space, and obviously now with his um, A and R as Sondella, like mm-hmm. he's opening that. And I think they've got two tracks signed already, um, the hyena track, and he just signed Real Native Tribe as well. So well done to them. Um, but I think 
it's almost like that then need that that access also then needs to be disseminated so then we can all kind of push together mm. and drive forward um but i would say yeah you two are the the main ones it sounds like an amazing beginnings to kind of build that conversation between south africa here um yeah and all the across the the the, the diaspora yeah uh, um and i and i always say this whenever i can uh squeeze this in that um black music doesn't restrict who can make it or who it, can play it yeah or, or who can play <laughs> or it. who can exactly. dance to it <laughs> yeah and I think yeah a lot of these conversations are as a reaction to the the way black contribution has been turned down over the course of the decades and, and whatnot. And massively diluted and plagiarised. Mm. Um, and out and out just kind of refused for no other reason than it's black music or been produced or created by a black person. And that has to change. It has to change. Everyone has a role to play. Talking of roles <laughs> and... I'm not remiss to my privilege as a man in mm. the situation. Yeah. Um, what do you think could be done more from the, the 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 men's perspective, black men's perspective, in regards to amplifying and because I guess ideally, and I, I don't want to use the term idealistic because it makes it feel like it's, it's so it's so unattainable yeah yeah but for 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 arguments purposes let's use that that term mm. i'd like to get to a 50 50 ratio <laughs> across across events right where you walk into any event and there is a 50 50 gender split right um well it ain't that the, the women aren't out there doing it it's not that there's not for a lack of women djs like i'm i've heard some bad female djs and um yeah i mean we're on i'm on a um a lineup with a number of other female djs um for international women's day Amazing. um yeah so 6th and 7th of march we're actually gonna have a live stream on youtube of all of our sets i think there's at least 10 of us um playing music across all genres um what can men do more i don't know are you we, tell me what um, do you think men can do more because again this is one of those questions that it's not for the women to answer like yeah. i don't know i find as a female dj i and i've said this numerous times before i can play a track i can or i can mix in a track and a male can mix the same track and mine will be as, as good as his but the reception I will get will be different to the reception he gets. Okay. And I'm not saying that's because he's a man and I'm a woman. Mm. It may be that he's more well-known than I am. But again, this comes down to how much can can we control as the DJs versus the followers. And that's what I'm saying about people who come, people who say they enjoy house music. Do you enjoy house music or do you just enjoy certain DJs playing certain tunes? Because... If the music is the same, doesn't matter who's behind the decks mixing it, right? That's you come out for the vibe and for the music. So, a lot of this is outside of the control of men and women. Mm -hmm. But I think I don't know of any female promoters. I don't know any, and that's a problem. Yeah, and it's not to say that they're not out there, but they're not being amplified and pushed 
they say in a similar way there's no they're not being amplified and pushed they're being silenced and oppressed <laughs> oh, <gosh laughs> i'm pointing out there i'm sorry <laughs> no but it's true though yeah. it's true like you know i'd I've not seen any female promoters. No female promoters have, have come to me and said like, I'm doing this event. It's a really successful event. And that's not to put down anyone who is a female promoter who's doing her thing. It's upsetting that I'm not aware of it. Maybe it's just, maybe that is my ignorance. But, you know, I look at a lot of the leading names in the house scene and they're all run by men. Mm -hmm. People have said to me like, oh, Simone, you know, you should just put on your own event. For what? Do I have money to just be going to put down the drain? Because I'm worried people won't come because I'm worried that people won't come unless I have a certain few men on the lineup. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's a difficult one. And I don't think women have the answer. We don't know. All I know is that I'm going to keep putting out this music that I enjoy. I'm going to still put out my little video clips on Instagram. I'm going to still interact with people and DJs as I do. Um, I'm still going to tag them if I play their music and just hope that it falls into the right the right person's lap um and it has like i have been fortunate in that respect you know getting to play at june in paris wow um, amazing yeah with the ancestral team um shout out to ivan um was huge so it's it's making sure that i still i'm still true to myself i'm still true to my sound i still push things the way i usually would um and still build those relationships and hope that the music speaks for itself. I think it's good to understand from a perspective of um, men of all races who are looking and coming from, I guess, you know what, it's, it's a pretty ignorant space where they, they're trying to understand what makes someone um, uh, a, a bankable prospect to put on their lineup. And yeah. I mean, it should be just a case of, they are a good DJ. Yeah. But let's say if they're looking at it from a a space of, well, what makes yeah. a woman good in in her field? Right. As opposed to um, a, a, a male DJ in his field mm. playing at this amount of gigs or having this amount of followers. Well, we, we now know that even if a woman does have those same metrics, she, she still doesn't get the same work. Mm. and that even goes for white women as well yeah so i mean what are the the career anchor points that you're looking for in your in your journey is there anywhere that you can i want to play here i, I mean i've always said i want to play at the originals because that feels like the the one once you've got your name on the originals you i feel like okay like okay um and but again, it's it's, diff it's difficult. It's it's scary because if I was to get booked for the originals, I'd be scared to really play like the soulful tunes that I love because of the crowd, um, and because they're used to a particular type of sound, and so I would be nervous. And that's nothing to do with anyone else. That's purely about me, um, and because. I've always been taught to kind of read the crowd and it's very difficult. It's a difficult balancing act between reading the crowd, staying true to yourself and creating a vibe. That in itself is a massive juggle. Um, but yeah, for me, the originals is like the next one. Um, and I think after that, after playing in Paris, 
you just kind of feel like, wow, there is so much more to this thing outside of London. Mm-hmm. So anything international, I think I'd love to play in Amsterdam. Um, there's a big house, Afro house following there. Um, but for me, it's just about being able to do what I love. Like someone saying, oh, that's Simone Martinez. She mainly plays, like her sound is mainly, and they can tell me why I play because everything sounds everything that comes from me sounds very similar and you know like if i want to hear soulful music and i see martinez on the lineup i'm going do you know what i mean mm-hmm. um so it's it's both it's about both like that's the event i'd like to get on but i'd also like to get to a place where the music i'm consistently putting out and the music you hear from me at any gigs i'm playing at is you can pinpoint is it right yeah she's a soulful house yeah. head she's a tribal house she likes her afro house she loves the drums that is martinez so if i see her name on a lineup that's i know that's what i'm getting and if I don't want that, then I'm not going to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, they're the kind of anchor points. Um, is it is it quite um, difficult bridging that initial conversation with promoters to say that I'm available to work? and? I never do that, you know. Okay. <laughs> I'm really bad. I don't do it. I just put mixes out. Um, and you don't spam like I wait because I was in the MySpace days and used to, I used to try no. and copy and paste and put it in people's. I don't spam. Okay. Um, I do you know what? it's it's a difficult one and maybe maybe I should be doing more of it and reaching out to you know reaching out to promoters etc. But I kind of almost want to let my my music and my presence and my name in other people's mouths like them hearing them constantly hearing like who is that who is that person because mm. I keep hearing about her, that mm-hmm. kind of thing because when I started out like the first couple of years. Um, just before till two people were saying like yeah I've heard of this Simone Martinez what's she about kind of thing and that for me was better than me going directly to Seth for example yeah. and being like oh I want to play for your event yeah. it was more like Seth had heard a few things seen a few things he'd actually then we were on a lineup together and after that he then said like you know I'm thinking of booking you guys and that for me was like wow I'm doing the right thing like I'm just doing me, I'm putting things out, people are watching, people are talking, and I prefer it that way. Because um, I'm the, my personality type is if I come to you and I say, Kwame, put me on your lineup, then I, all the pressure is on me then. Okay. Because I've told you to do something and you've taken a risk on me. Whereas if you're hearing good things about me and then I come and play, I'm almost like, well, you asked for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I always want it to be, is you, you requested me. The demand so, has to be there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. I mean, there's lots of other um, people doing their thing in London um, or in and around the London scene. Uh, people like Aluka Rebels, there's... Yeah, there's um, him, there is... Um, DJ IC, um, yeah. Bobby Digital, mm-hmm. um, uh, Super D. Yeah. Um, it's quite a few, but again... There's also like Kaya Deep yeah. and that side. Um, there's Mr. Silk and the drums. There's Fiddler um beyond tones um nyamba deep rest in peace like there's there's just music there's music everywhere yeah. there's collectives everywhere um so for anyone listening in whatever part of the world you're listening there is a quite a healthy contingent yes. all pushing this this yeah. sound yeah yeah and the light needs to be shone equally everywhere um because you know when you look at you've got like manate as a brand itself that pushes the this essay house hard um, is that in London, in London. Okay. yeah Manate that's Kaya Deep 
um, his brand. Um, yep, you said Aluku. Um, you know, you've got Kitty and Seth pushing Motherland. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned Teaser as well. Teaser, yep, you've got Teaser who did Seven. Teaser, lovely um, guy. Shout and out I to keep Teaser. Begging Teaser, put on a soulful event so I can play. <laughs> 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 um, and then you've got like you know, not necessarily Afro House, but you've got all of the other kind of um, brands. You know, you've got Rhythm and Funk, you've got Siesta, Audio Whore, um and the they will have aspects of i guess the afro house sound within those nights well yeah they'll usually book i mean i think audio is very much deep house tech house sounds you know mm. whereas siesta is sometimes a bit more a bit softer yeah um you've got rhythm and funk so they always tend to have like you know djs like petite um mm-hmm. um ma1 mm-hmm. who bring a different sound to the usual tech house um you've got the asylum like shenin um there's lo- there's just there's a whole wealth of music um mm. and a whole wealth of different brands pushing their individual sounds um and again like i said it's just about the the light being shine e- shined equally across all of them mm-hmm. so future wise mm-hmm. i mean there seems to be this natural progression of djs kind of venturing into production oh. or, or running a label is yeah. that are you are no. you a kind of like a dj purist your your heart and soul resides in just playing the music or i'd love to be able to produce music because i feel like like i said when i'm not djing i'm listening to chilled hip-hop and neo soul and there are so many sounds that i would just love to experiment with like even in the studio with my latest mixes i'm loving this whole running r&b vocals over the right soulful house track um i haven't found one yet but it's still on my to-do list like i like to to experiment in that respect so to be able to produce and create exactly what I can see and hear in my head is something that I do want to do, but I don't feel like I'm there yet. Um, I like my personality type again is very much if I put my mind to something, I have to become an expert at that thing. I can't, I don't do things willy nilly. Like when I decided what to do DJ and I was like, right, that's it. I need this, 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 and I need to dedicate this time. And that's what I did. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I would say I'm comfortable enough behind the decks. I can rock a party. I'm okay in that respect. Um, so it would be the same with production. I'd need to fully understand everything about what I'm doing before I do it. But yeah. So, it's the ice cream van. Then. I know, right? <laughs> he always likes to be really loud to let us know that he's here. Um, so, radio, is is that an Im- important aspect for you because i know some people feel like they have to be on radio they have to no, be in cl- i don't think it is. i don't want to that's not to say that you know people who are who want to go to radio and do that is, yeah. is any is bad at all but for me not really like i'm that's not on my that's not kind of where i want to go with it um if you give me a mic, I'll chat forever. So people get mad. I'd have a radio show for one week and they say, no, you talk too much. You have to come off it. Or I'd say something I shouldn't say. Or because I'm just, yeah, sometimes there's no filter. Yeah. So I know where my strength is and mm. it is expressing myself through music mm. and through playing music that I love. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I meant to add as, as in, you know, when you're, you've got like a, a, a residency show on radio and it forces you to kind of play the music yeah no because you're already invested in it you would you'll just you'll just search and i couldn't do it okay i don't think i could do it not right now i mean with my like my career um my nine to five it's it's too difficult to commit to 
something like that because again like i said if i'm doing something like that then you will it will need to take up most of my time because i'm not going on big big radio and embarrassing myself <laughs> I've seen people like oh wait she keeps playing the same the same mix every week i can't no 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 so maybe like further down the bucket list but not not anytime in the near future yeah no but shout out everyone who does do that because you know it's it is it it takes a lot of energy and a lot of searching for the right music and and knowing what to say to you following like i said i would just end up putting my foot in it saying something offending a whole heap of people and then yeah police would probably come and arrest yeah. me <laughs> so, no. how important is your energy in regards to the type of house that you've picked because i always kind of i mean from my perspective and <laughs> i don't know if i should say this i should admit say this it, because say it, say no it. i'm what i'm getting at is that i associate a level of spirituality with afro house and okay and, and the genre okay and the people that i i know and and who are kind of real staunch advocates of that specific sound of house okay they're very in tune with their spirituality and okay their approximation to the motherland right um yep how much does that play into you as Me. a yeah is that is that is that quiet is that similar um, or i don't know are you a devil worshiper or? Uh, no, we're not saying any of that no no i i worship god i worship god no 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 um no it's it's a difficult one um because i feel like every set i do that you get a piece of my energy because if that makes sense um because i'm playing music that i really enjoy yeah. and I want to make it sound as good as I can for the audience. So you get a piece of my energy. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering if, is there something which, when you're obviously buying yeah. records on, on whatever, tracks also Beatport. Yeah. Is there something that's resonating with you on, Some. A, on an inner frequency? Some. Yeah, there's one track that, that makes me cry. Um, and it's a Bodhisattva track called Mama Kosa. And the original and the At Jazz Astro Dub remix of that track makes me cry from a production point of view mm. and where it takes me it just if you close your eyes and listen to that track i don't know it, it just, i'm just transported mm -hmm. somewhere and I, it just reminds me of like a, you know when you see like the, the serengeti and it's it reminds me of just that mm. it's really strange but that's the only track i've heard that has that effect um and it's a beautiful beautiful track um but when i listen to when i'm finding music to buy it has to touch me in some way. Like mm. I have to, I have to, it has to resonate with something. Um, and I don't always know what that something is. It could just be a bass line. It could be a drum sound. It could be a um, an ancestral vocal. That's okay. just like, okay, yeah, that feels raw. Mm. Um, and yeah, yeah. So it, it's not, a, it's not a spirituality in that respect, but it is, it's an energy. That, okay. Yeah. Does that energy feel like, you are more aligned to the continent when you listen to it because I, I have seen that there's been sometimes there was one event i did for the drums i think in 2017 it would have been 2016 2017 i did for the drums and when you see how people dance people okay. who love the music and yeah. you see how they move and you see you feel like wow like you know, people just completely let go. Mm -hmm. um, like something's dancing through yes. them. Yes. When um, it was, I think it was in South London and Cairo headlined it. Um, 
and just there were, there were two rooms and it was absolutely it was just yeah it was just a vibe you just felt like you were in south africa it was just so everyone there loved house mu- afro house music i loved it and then cairo came on and the whole place just erupted. Just went up another level. It just erupted, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But the best set of all time where I felt like, yeah, spiritually, bam, like was Black Coffee did um a three hour set for Mix Mag at um an underground, I can't remember the location, but he did a three hour set and that was insane. Like no. Yeah. That hands down. I think that was twenty fourteen, maybe twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen perhaps and that was just out of this world phenomenal i mean we can definitely chat forever and I'm, I'm enjoying watching <laughs> your trajectory in music as well it's it's really really oh, an amazing thing to watch and it's deserved as well i oh, know thank you. you're very modest but you deserve to be <laughs> even higher than where you are currently and you're you're going to get there oh, um, but from a perspective of the sound yeah do you see it crossing over into more mainstream areas is oh, it oh yeah it's already isn't it mm-hmm. it is i think with defective announcing defected announcing sondela that's i feel like that's a step isn't it and i feel like now is the time to really to really get the sound heard and to get to shine the spotlight on on the music that is coming out of south africa because like i said the afro house scene here relies on that music and it's not that it's not there it's just, you know, allowing that the light to be shone so that it, it can branch into more mainstream. Because I know, I think Black Motion had a release on Defected and I remember going to their, they headlined an event at um, Ministry, I think it was. Um, and that was, I think that was, what was that? 2014, maybe 2016. But that was, that was bad. Black Motion, oh my gosh, absolutely smashed it. Um, and I know a lot of the ravers there saw defected and weren't expecting that sound i see so that's their introduction to it and you anyone who was at that who thought they would need to have gone home and be like right okay i need to hear more of this music because it was such a vibe so i think it's a step in the right direction with sandela and i think it's about creating those spaces within these corporations to allow the light to be shone on you know artists who may not have that exposure otherwise amazing i've really enjoyed this so have i yeah you've done really well <laughs> i tried i hope i've not said anything too controversial <laughs> don't write me off still put me for your events <laughs> at sims underscore martina dj on instagram yes please 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 i'll put all the links <laughs> in the post when this goes up thank you simo martinez thank you for having me thanks for listening to household voices yeah thanks guys take care